listening to the Ice Prep Podcast. Here's your hosts, Brian and Pat. And welcome to episode 18 of the Ice Prep Podcast. Uh, a gloomy day. Yeah. But hey, it's not snowing for once. I guess uh, last worry, week it was like weekend. ridiculously nice out. This weekend. How's, how's everything going, Pat? Um, it's going all right. Uh, actually, I didn't even tell you this before. Before we usually have like a little bit of banter back and forth. But no, I woke up and I was worried I had what you had. I was not oh, doing no. well. Yeah, my, my stomach was very, very angry. So thankfully, if I'm pretty sure that I'm I'm now in better shape. Um, it just was like, uh-oh. I felt like I was at like the peak of a hill, and I was going to roll down one way, and it was going to be bad. Or I was going to be able to just casually stroll down the other, and I was going to be okay. And I thankfully was the second. So I was the latter of the yeah. two, and that, that I'm feeling all right now. Trust me, if you had it, uh, there, there's nothing casual. <laughs> there's no casual stroll involved in that, so I'm glad to hear that. It is not fun having uh, gotten it twice now, Yeah. and you look online and you see more and more people are getting it. I don't know what it is, but it is, it's going through everywhere right now. Yeah, I hope you don't get it, and I think that's all kind of we have to talk about with that. Yeah, I don't want to get into any details of what <laughs> occurred. Um, but it's they... been a busy week since we last talked. Obviously, Monday yeah. was the trade deadline. Sunday was the fun day. Uh, that's when most of the big names seem to have moved, except for, uh, well, Monday did have its fun. Um, mm-hmm. So do you want to quickly go over just like rapid fire what happened with the trade deadline? Yeah, like I won't even go into like the detail details of it, but um, for any Leafs listeners, obviously you know that Giordano and Blackwell went to Toronto. They came from Seattle. Um, then from there, uh, Giroux, they answered the question, where is he going to go? He ended up in Florida because, you know, if he's going to retire, why not in Florida? Uh, then New York. New York did sneaky moves that really I feel like they added quite a good amount of talent and they did uh, Vetrano Cop and Mott all of them and yeah and you know what made me feel so good about that they make all those moves and then the Devils chase out chase out Igor Shosturkin on their first game with all those players it was like yes thank you well I mean the first few games are going to be a bit of growing pains like oh yeah no matter what team you are no matter how good you are there are going to be some growing pains when you get even just one new player that's supposed to be a solid asset on the team different play styles, everything like that. It just takes time. So you're going to notice a little bit of a dip in play for some teams. Um, I can still feel good about that one, though. Oh, absolutely. I'm not trying to cheapen (laughs) that win because that was so satisfying to see. Um, Then from there, uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh got in on the action with uh, Ricky Rax. So Raquel went over That was super late, too, on uh, Monday. That was right near the deadline. People thought he wasn't going to be traded, and... All day, you and I messaging back and forth, being like, so is Raquel not going anywhere? Is Pittsburgh not doing anything? And there he goes. Yeah, actually, I was really surprised how little Pittsburgh did, but Raquel was a really big piece to add. So it's kind of one of those, they probably could only do that. There was most likely not much more wiggle room cap-wise. Then uh, for me, there was more additions to the Avalanche team, and the big one was Lekkanen. 
Terry Lekkinen from Montreal, and this is the one that I'm going to say what went to the other side, and that was Barron, Justin Barron to Montreal. That one, that one stings. The Habs are going to love him. Yeah, he, nobody on the Habs plays like him. Um, I mean, you can try and argue it, and that's fine, but the the kid dances along the blue line because he's a defenseman, and he just, he is so talented. So talented, but Colorado is a depth of talent, and especially on the blue line, it's a tough one. Uh, a good example for people, he is what everybody expected Victor Mete to be. Yes, actually, that's kind of what Mete I was Mete coming from the London Knights to the NHL, that is the style, and everybody expected Mete to be this game-breaking player. It unfortunately hasn't quite gone that way. That is how Baron is supposed to be, and he's kind of shown it. So, and yeah, as you said, he wouldn't really get playtime on the Avs. So, and bringing in Arturi Lekkanen, that is one of those potentially game-changing bottom six pieces that can slot up in your top six as well. Yeah, so it's it's not to say that they pretty much dumped Baron because they're like, eh, screw it. No, it was, Lekkanen is a really good scoop. It's a really important piece. Uh, Same with, uh, they got Cogliano as well from uh, San Jose. Uh, But we'll keep going. Um, the, in my opinion, the last big move, uh, which hurts me on the inside. And I was, there was a lot of expletives that I sent to Brian when I found (laughs) out this news. It was a wall, like just a text wall of F words. Uh, and that is Marc-Andre Fleury going to Minnesota. And that kills me to say it. Yeah, the Wild got uh, Flower, so uh, apparently Vegas tried to get him back, like, hard-pushed. That obviously didn't work. Uh, Vegas did make a trade, though. Um, (laughs) Vegas did make a trade. They made a trade with Anaheim, who did a ton, a ton of moves. So Vegas traded Evgeny Dadunov to um, the Ducks for... Uh, Ryan Kessler's contract and another player's name that I can't remember. And that came down at like 10 o'clock at night that this happened. The trade deadline ends at 3 p.m. We found out Wednesday, so two days after, the NHL voided that trade because Evgeny Dadunov had a no-move clause. Or no-trade clause, sorry. Anaheim was one of those teams. Vegas didn't know. The NHL didn't know. Ottawa forgot to tell Vegas when he was traded there in the summer. So Dadnov is back with Vegas. The trade didn't happen. And apparently Ottawa is going to get in a lot of trouble for this one. But you want to, Pat and I love talking about like the NHL becoming chaos. This is the craziest one because Vegas is so screwed. They cannot activate two players that they want to bring off LTIR right now in uh, Alec Martinez and Mark Stone. This trade would have allowed both. They can't do that now. They are stuck. They traded for Kessler's contract specifically to not only get rid of Dadunov. It's not that he wasn't a good player. He is a pretty good player. He just wasn't working that well in Vegas. But to get that cap space off of their uh, their list, and then also to get Kessler's LTIR because you know that's a fortune. 
So here they are thinking, oh, we're going to be, we're golden knights that we're going to be able <laughs> to do this. And then they just screw themselves over. And as a fan of a team in the West area, in like the, in that division, as a team that's been hurt and beaten up so many times by the vegan golden, Vegas, not the, <laughs> the vegan, vegan gold, golden knights. The vegan golden knights. <laughs> Maybe I am still a little sick. Um, but... It is so, so satisfying to see them not only out of a wild card spot, but also in such a stupid position because they were just like, we can get whoever we want and the cap is imaginary. No, it's not. And this is what happens when you you screw around. When you screw around, you find out. And they <laughs> found out. And that makes me... So satisfyingly happy. <laughs> and this saga isn't done because no. you weren't aware of this. A lot of people actually aren't. Is that you can still make trades after the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Those players cannot play in the playoffs. So, for example, two non-playoff teams, they could just keep doing trades if they wanted to. It doesn't matter. They won't go in. Vegas still needs <laughs> to get these players activated. They still need to do something. There are only a handful of teams that they can trade with. That's going to cost them an absolute fortune if they want to do this. So Vegas is so screwed. As of right now, they have a 25% chance to make the playoffs. That's not good. No. They actually have a higher chance to win the Stanley Cup than they have to make it into the playoffs right now. That is how stacked Vegas roster is. They just don't have it right now because of injuries, because of LTIR. They tried to play the Tampa Bay Lightning game, and they failed miserably. So this saga is still ongoing. It is still so fun because they're they're going to have to do something. Yeah, like but Shea it's Weber's going to cost them a night. lot now. He they can't do that because they would have to get <laughs> nine point five million off the books because yep. you have to be under the cap to bring in an LTIR. LTIR contract there's so few players that they can actually pull this off with and teams it is so fun Vegas may miss the playoffs and if they do teams like New Jersey Montreal Buffalo Anaheim teams that are kind of they're they're starting to come back up oh it's going to be a feeding frenzy because you know Vegas is going to blow it up oh yeah and I'm really 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 excited because I'm going to go see them and I'm so excited to see New Jersey just beat the ever-loving crap out of this team in a full barn of people that'll probably be wearing Golden Knights stuff. And they're going to lose because they're doing so, so poorly. Because they can't, they can't play their players. They have a team. They have a roster that they have crafted. And they can't play a bunch of It them is literally like an NHL 22 roster where you trade away all your stuff, and you get all these superstars, and you're like, oh, there's no way I can lose now. Injury, 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 injury. And you're screwed. Yep. That's that's the Vegas Golden Knights. It's, ah, uh, isn't it fun? <sighs> I know. And I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're, you know, no. podcast number 662,000 <laughs> to talk about this. So, yes, keep an eye on the Dadanov stuff. Um, the one thing that just out of all of it, though, uh, I do really feel for Dadanov. That sucks. Oh yeah, and everybody that's that was every player that was a part of that trade. That really sucks. I feel so bad for them, and like I feel like for some reason he's gonna have this tarnished 
name in Vegas and they're going to play them like garbage on purpose and just drag them through the mud just because they screwed up. So well, I, I, feel I hope the, the fans don't turn on him. I hope the fans just like love him for this. It's not his fault. No. Um, you mentioned Jersey, yes. New Jersey. That is, um, I want to talk about what happened Wednesday night, sort of. So that's the next generation game, Leafs and Devils. Leafs got the win there, which was bound to happen. Devils are on a back-to-back. The Leafs are the better team. They start Mrazek. Um, I don't care about the game. I want to talk about how phenomenal those Bieber jerseys are that the Leafs unveiled. And the reason why, you and I have... (laughs) We've kind of figured this one out. Um, No offense to anybody, but if you were finished high school in like the early to mid 1990s, you probably hate this jersey. Yeah, the other way I kind of look at it was if you have if your profile picture on Twitter or Facebook is 70 percent your chin. Okay, that's a little more harsh than mine. Or you're sitting in your truck, uh, looking away from the camera. Um, The sunglasses have to be on at that point. Exactly. And you got a Canadian flag in your uh, profile name on Twitter. You probably don't like it because you're afraid of change. I don't care. I'm not going to mince words. Like, it's as simple as that. They are fantastic And the whole thing is, this jersey is aimed at a younger audience. It's not aimed at the person who's been a Leaf fan for their entire life that bleeds blue and white, that remembers back when uh, Gretzky had it, lost it, all that stuff, or Gretzky tripped, I can't even remember who. They don't care about you in this circumstance. No. This is about bringing in new fans. Yeah. This is... And you watch the reaction online, as you said. You There's like a definitive line between probably... Around my age, between you and I, in the early to mid-30s, that's like, if you're above that point, this is the worst thing ever. Oh my god, the reversible. They're the Bruins. How could they do this? And younger, it's that is a great-looking jersey. doesn't matter that it's partnered up with Justin Bieber's Drew House or not. I think it looks great. The fact that it's reversible, absolutely genius. I put that as, think baseball. You're at a Jays game. The Jays are down late. What do you do? You flip your hat inside out as a rally cap. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of becomes the thing. So, person, yeah. I love it. I think it is the best jersey the Leafs have put out in I don't know how long. Yeah, because we've talked about this a few times about how the Leafs jersey, they're like, we're going to unveil this new jersey. We're going back to our roots. We're doing all these things. And it's yet another blue or white jersey with the same friggin' Leafs logo. They're so, so afraid to rock the boat. So I'm so glad to see that they took a really risky move and put it on black. Like, I just, (laughs) it's, it's so insane to me how divisive this is when really it's one, it's a hockey jersey. Calm the f down. Uh, and two, who cares if it's Justin Bieber? What if it was any other person than Justin Bieber? Would you be okay with it? If it was just some random designer that designed it, would you be okay with it? Because it was, you know, a red. Uh, sorry, not a red. A yellow and a black. Like, I just I don't understand why people are so bent out of shape about this jersey. It's just it goes back to they're afraid of change. They're afraid of oh, but it's our roots. You know what the roots have done? Nothing. Sixty-seven. 
Remember? Do you want to? Do we want to talk about 1967? No. Okay. And actually, you said the other thing. If you look online, especially, I saw this on so many radio stations, Facebook pages. They're going, "Do you like the jersey? Do you don't?" And they'd always have to say, "It's made by Bieber." And you can see. All the comments aren't about the jersey. They're just like Bieber's involved. Don't like it. And it's like so you're you're judging it for no reason. It's a great looking jersey. The Devils finally have a black jersey. I didn't like it at first because it was so hyper focused on jersey. Mm-hmm. It's growing on me yeah. so quickly. At, on this podcast, I was upset that we were going to have that for three years as our alternative. The rumor is that's going to be the Leafs one for three years as well. It's why they can get away with wearing it. So you don't like it too bad. You're going to see it a lot. And personally, it's the best Leafs jersey that they have right now. I get that people don't want to change. But as you said, what is not changing done for them? Nothing. Yeah. So maybe this is their good luck charm. Maybe this is what they run to the Stanley Cup. At this, like, they go, you know what? We've won every single game. This is what the Avs did when they pulled out their third jerseys, the uh, the, the dark blue with the, the Colorado Sea uh, in the mountain. Um, they found that they played better in those jerseys throughout the season. So they said, you know what? We're not going to use our typical home. We're going to use our third jerseys. And that's what we're going to run with. And, I mean, yeah, they didn't make it to the end, which, you know, sucks. Absolutely. But... Maybe that's the same situation with these jerseys. If that's the case, oh no, you poor, fragile old people that are going to be afraid of seeing a black jersey. (gasps) Well, you see, there's certain teams in the league that completely change their home and away jerseys because they have traditions that they do. You've got the sea of red. You've got the whiteout. Uh, You know that you won't see the Oilers probably rock the the dark blue that almost looks black during the playoffs for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So, Well, Calgary uh, did it. yeah. They they did the, the the super bright. Remember the one I didn't I didn't really like it because it was just like obnoxiously orange, um, to me at least. Uh, or was it red? Because they had remember. a good record during the regular season with it. Exactly. So who knows? Play I the hot pers- hand. As you play the yeah you play the hot hand going into the playoffs and you play the jersey that does well. Um, I just I I wanted to bring that up because there it's there's such a divide and it's. It is honestly, there's like a magic line about a certain age where it's like, okay, this is cool, and this is the worst thing ever. So, who knows? And then, we can we talk about a few other jerseys quick? I know we don't have it on the list here. Because yeah. you sent me one. Um, is it, I can't remember the city that the Rain play for, but they're the Los Angeles um, Kings. Oh, the Ontario uh, Rain. AHL team. Yes, the Ontario Rain. They did something that we've never seen in the NHL. They actually wore their hockey fights cancer jerseys, the ones that you wear in warm-up during a hockey game. Mm-hmm. They had purple instead of the gray everywhere. It looked great. Why can't we see that with teams like New Jersey and Vancouver who have brought in these amazing artists? Both of them have had unbelievable pregame jerseys yeah. that we don't get to see. If you're on Twitter, you see them. That's it. Like, you see the four photos that are professionally taken, and that's about it. The part that really drives me nuts about that is, I mean, you look at the Hockey Fights Cancer uh, jerseys, and they're game-worn is what they say, which is a lie because they don't play it in the game. But the whole point <laughs> Like, congrats, it, you made all the ads pink or purple. Yeah, which, like, 
yes, I'm glad they're doing it, but the whole point of those third jerseys or those unique jerseys for these specific events is to bring awareness, right? So you look at the the hockey fights cancer. I mean, even the military appreciation night. Um, you had the the lunar New Year for um, uh, Vancouver that was so good. You've got the the pride ones, the pride one for Vancouver. I almost bought so much merch. I looked at it multiple times and almost bought it because it's so nice. The whole point of it is to raise awareness and raise funds for these communities that require it. And yet they won't wear it on the ice to show the support. They'll wear it in their warm-ups, but they won't wear it on the ice. It's so contradictory to the... But, I mean, it's the NHL, so of course they're going to make a stupid decision. But (laughs) it's just like the whole point is to be like, we support this. Here's this jersey that's custom-made for it. And then they don't even play in it. So it just completely negates the whole awareness because most people won't watch the pregame. It's like in baseball for a lot of the military appreciation nights. They wear the camo ones. They yeah. don't just wear it for batting practice. They wear it for the entire game. Like I, I hope that this is something that with teams like Vancouver, um, New Jersey, Carolina, that have been a big part of it, Edmonton started to join in it as well, that they push towards the NHL to more to be like, let us wear these during a game. Well, I mean... This isn't on the list either, but the uh, the hockey is for everyone initiative is gone. So I don't know if they're going to do that. They silently removed that um, for unknown reasons. Uh, they say it's because they wanted to stretch the net wider to be more inclusive to other initiatives. But the problem is, is there's no communication about that. They completely silenced that movement. Um, and I mean, hell, they didn't update their site for ages. I think it was, uh, was it Sarah Sivian? I can't remember, but she was, there was a, I think she's a Rangers, uh, reporter stumbled across it. Uh, Sivian's, uh, Carolina. Yeah, it was Keynes then. Yeah. Uh, so she stumbled across it cause she went to the website and saw that like OEL was the representative for hockey is for everyone from Arizona on the on the NHL website and then once she started posting about it they took down the pages. So they're literally trying to hide the fact that they removed this and it just goes back to the words that I said. So of course the NHL is going to do a stupid decision because that's what this is. It's absolutely stupid. They have to seen, write this wrong. We've seen that in real time earlier this year during the live press conference that oh, um Gary words. Bettman and Bill Daly did uh about the Chicago situation in Kyle Beach. They dodged Nonstop. So the NA, yeah, the NHL is afraid of change. That's like the scariest thing, the monster in their closet. This this is such a small and minuscule and stupid thing that you and I like to talk about. These jerseys, they only wear them in free game. Why can't they wear them during the game? Even if you watch the television broadcast when those games are happening, it's a two-second feature in the pregame. Yep. They never take a moment during the broadcast, like, hey, instead of a commercial break, let's highlight and feature this. It's like, no, here's a two-second picture. Wouldn't it be better to to have that the entire time? And then you've got those in-between segments? Like, it's so stupid. See, you are wrong because there is one example that completely breaks that. And that is the Justin Bieber jersey. That was the only one that they spent almost the whole game talking about. 
And I know it was a new third jersey and they're actually wearing it, but when it comes to jerseys and stuff but like that. But that's not to support anything. That's exactly. just a collaboration. And I mean, it's it's new and exciting because, hey, and then you can look at the Raptors and they did the same thing with Drake and they're still doing the exact same thing with Drake. And it's, hey, this big collaboration with one yeah. of the biggest celebrities on the planet. That's great. And everyone loved those but, ones. Yes. Ev- like, the Raptors win <sighs> the NBA championship not wearing the Raptors logo. They wear it wearing North. Th- that, like, that's one of those things that people argue over, but at the same time, <laughs> the NHL is so backwards on so many things, and this is one, especially the last few years, when you've got these teams that are trying to get these initiatives out. Um, who was it? The Los Angeles Kings. This is not an initiative. It was for Star Wars Night. They had the best Star Wars Night jerseys I have ever seen in my life. You want to talk about the NHL being able to bring in new fans? Let the LA Kings wear those jerseys on the ice like i know and i mean ah! i went i went <laughs> looking for it everywhere and it's impossible to find so unless you want to pay thousands for the game worn also known as pre-game potentially worn jersey yeah i don't know we could we could yet again ramble about jerseys for way too long <laughs> and i don't think we should I think what we need to do, this is just a a hard cut move over, and that is the last 10 games has been pretty rough for a lot of the top teams in the league. <laughs> yeah, well, looking at the list, okay, so we'll, we'll play with Gary Bettman's, um, if you have an overtime loss, you're still above 50%. Mm-hmm. There's only one team that is in the top 10 that is under 500. Which, all things considered, that's pretty good. That's how you get into the playoffs. Yep. Of course, then you look at the list, and, um, well, a bunch of them are in the East, except for two. Yeah. So there's there's no way that, like, the East has been locked in for a while. The West, it's bad news if you're not Colorado or Calgary at this point, though. But, I mean, the last ten, Colorado 5-4-1, and one, Florida, so I'm going down from first to tenth. Colorado 5-4-1. and one. Florida, they're doing okay, 7-2-1. and one. That's decent. Then you've got Carolina, 5-4-1. and one. Pittsburgh, 6-2-2. Two two. Toronto, 5-4-1. and one. New York Rangers, 6-4-0. and oh. um, Tampa Bay, 4-6-0. and oh. So they've lost six out of their last ten. Boston, 7-2-1. and one. They're creeping up, and they're going to take New York's spot if they keep playing this well. Calgary, 6-3-1, which I feel like I did the math wrong there. And then Washington, 7-2-1. So these are your top 10 teams, and they're playing mid-range hockey. So I know that you're reading off our document there, but I just want to play a quick West Coast game with you of the same thing. So we know that in the Central, the top five teams are pretty much all battling for a spot. I'm not going to include Winnipeg in this. In the Pacific... You can technically say there's five as well going down towards um, Vancouver, even though they have the same amount of points as Winnipeg. So of we'll, uh, we'll include Winnipeg then. So there's 11 teams of those 11 teams in the West, which is the or which two have like a completely net positive record at this point in the last 10. Like. What do you mean? It's you can't be <laughs> you can't be like five four and one because technically you're you're not at a five. Okay, so who's uh, one two? There's actually more than I thought, but which? Okay, we'll say which 
team do you think has the best record in the last 10? It kind of is surprising for me. And which do you think is the worst? Uh, worst should be easy. Worst in the last 10? It's not Arizona. No, of the 11 teams that can fight for playoff spot in the West. Oh. So you've got the top six okay, in so the Vegas Central and the top the five in the Pacific. Yes. Can you can you name the team just one above them? Dallas. St. Louis. Oh. Three, four, and three in their last ten. They That gap that they had on Minnesota and Nashville, uh, it's one point right now. That yep. is not good for the Blues. Oh, I Which love team it. has the best record in the last ten of those 11 teams? Who has the best? Yep. Oh. It, well, I'm going to actually, because I messed up. I thought this is what I was guessing this time. So I'm going to say Dallas for this one then. Uh, Dallas, no. Oh. Dallas is 6-4-0. Oh. There okay. is one better record than that. Oh, then, then it's the Coyotes. 6-3-1. The, the Coyotes are not making the playoffs, Pat. I know, but they're doing better. Um, I, I said playoff teams. This is going on too long. It is. Nashville, 7-3-0. Oh. oh, okay, yeah. So Nashville, that is how you can see they're fourth in the Central right now. Yes, they've played more games than St. Louis and Minnesota, but they are climbing up. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota six three and one, so they're positive there. But they're well, in the Forsberg in the East. Duchesne. Yeah, in the East, Jesus. everything's locked in. So every other team doesn't matter. In the West, though, there's this logjam between essentially Minnesota, Nashville, Dallas, Winnipeg, um, L.A., Vancouver. and Vancouver that are all kind of like net positive so this could come down to the last couple games in the west to decide not one or two spots but everything except for the top of your division yeah it's nutty like i had on the list here the wild card race dallas has 73 points vegas has 72 winnipeg has 70 and vancouver has 70 the game discrepancies are between 62 and 66 games played so not too wide of a gap when it comes to that. So who And at this point too, you're only playing East is only playing East and West is only playing West if I'm not mistaken. So eh, that's when it gets a few fun because yeah. there's a few outliers. That's when it gets fun because uh for example, a game of like Vancouver Dallas, that can be Anywhere from a six-point game to a two-point game. Well, it reminds... And that is so scary for every other team. Sorry, a five-point to a, a two-point. Yeah, and the other thing that is interesting, too, is with these games, like, I'm so excited for them because even in the East, you're seeing these games that it's, like you said, it's pretty much locked except for maybe where they, like, who plays who at this point. Yeah, that's but, the only difference in the East. But you've got teams in there that are already playing playoff hockey. And I go to Carolina-Tampa. That, I cannot oh, yeah. wait. Oh, my God. They need that to was, play uh, in the playoffs. It was Kucherov. Tuesday night or Monday night? I can't remember which night that was. It, I believe it was t- Tuesday, possibly. Okay, I'll look that up quick so we know. But more or less what happened, for those that may not have seen it, uh, at the end of the game... I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so I can't really tell you what caused the escalation. But more or less, the game ended. Tampa lost to Carolina. And then Kucherov and Sebastian Ajo, who I didn't know could, like, chirp people and egg Oh, they were people, John good. That 
the whole, both teams were on the ice and they were all pretty angry at each other. <laughs> Mind you, it, it, it felt more like a baseball uh, yeah. bench is clear just because it was like everybody. <laughs> but you don't see that after a game ends in hockey Especially very often. In regular season. And that was immediately you and I messaging being like, so there's a chance that they could play each other in the first round of the playoffs. And the the chance of that right now is if Boston leapfrogs Tampa, which they are one point behind, but they've played one more game, that would be the matchup. Yeah, it... uh... It could be good. And see, and that's the that's the stuff that I love right now is that everybody's fighting for position on that side. And in the West, everybody's fighting for just anything Making and everything. it in. Yeah. It's insane. I love it. Yeah, at least the West is making up for the fact that the East, yeah, it is locked in. It is so boring in that regard. But, like, even tonight, there's um, Tampa Bay Thursday, obviously. Tampa Bay taking on Boston to playoff teams one of the outliers Dallas playing Carolina so that that is such an important game for Dallas uh Vancouver taking on Minnesota Nashville taking on Vegas so it's on almost every single night now in these remaining 20 to 15 16 games for teams it is it has become so important and it is we're at almost that must watch hockey for any team that has a sniffing chance at the playoffs because it's going to get nasty. And this is when it's it's fun because it's nasty hockey. It's almost playoff hockey, except the refs still properly call games. Do Sometimes. they? Do they Sometimes. actually? And I'm not you mean even... like how Giordano tripped a uh, player last night and then told the refs, hey, I didn't trip him. And he actually tripped him and no penalty happened. So, I mean, there's going to be so <laughs> many, like, uh the amount of people that, like, just the Leafs feed, any single time there's a, a tiny nudge of a player, they're like, oh, oh my God. The refs. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it's one of the reasons why I love following Leafs fans and also one of the reasons I hate following Leafs fans. I love their salty tears, but at the same time, I'm just so annoyed with them being like, oh, the Leafs, the Leafs oh, oh, my God, we're getting beaten up by the refs. It's just like everybody gets bad calls. Like, I've seen so many times Colorado win. I'm like, oh, boy, they should not have. Ooh, they they snuck away with that win because of that bad call. But you know what happens the next night? They lose because of a bad call. It's like an ebb and flow. That's hockey, though. It's well, that unfortunately, sucks. that's the the situation we're in. Do you know whose fault it is? Not the hockey team's fault. It is the commissioner's friggin' fault. Stop blaming the other hockey team. Stop being like, look at the. It's just like it's the refs. Stop and then if the... a player or a coach or anybody critiques them, you, you're being fined. You will get fined more for criticizing a ref than you will for two-handing somebody with a hockey stick. Well, Across I mean, the head. Or, you know, spearing that's, them. That's worse. Yeah. Uh, like Marstrom did. not get started on this again. Oh, it's so bad. Like, he literally so took a baseball swing, and I think it was LeBanc. I can't remember. I didn't see the, the name on the back. But Marstrom takes a swing at LeBanc and then does a spear to him. No talks whatsoever. What? But if you, after the game, basically say, yeah, that ref sucks, $25,000. Yeah. At, or if you're the New York Rangers, $250,000. Yeah. 
it's it's so pathetic it's really that's i think the the point we're at now is it's the the refing is absolutely pathetic and it's not at these people that are refing the games not at all they're doing the best that they can however and like we aren't the first people to say it i know for a fact that i'm pretty sure steve dangle wasn't the first podcast to say this they need to be held accountable the fact that they can do whatever the hell they want and then they're just like well we screwed up that game and then they just go home like what how are you not it, held accountable for your mistakes all the players it feels are. more and more like we're getting towards baseball where it's like you see angel hernandez and you're like oh god this yeah. is gonna suck for both teams like that's why there's the the ump cards that exist out there now on Twitter and it like and you hear it's it's kind of come out more lately, especially from a lot of behind the scenes content that's starting to creep out in that coaches will literally change their game plan when they see who the refs are because they know that this ref will either they're not going to call that type of thing or they're going to be a lot more like, OK, that they're going to call that. And you, you can see some nights teams take advantage of that fact mm-hmm. or that they know, okay, this we've got this veteran guy who's he's been in the league a long time. He's been around this ref for a long time. They've got a good rapport, so we might be able to get away with a few things. And you see that. That's, That's to so me, that stupid. is they have to be held accountable in some sort of way. And the accountability is you say something, you're losing money. Yeah. That what? no, that's that's the dumbest thing in the absolute world. And like uh, I read the other day, uh, once again we're gonna go back to our boy Kadri. Um, <laughs> I think it was this morning he said that he's been kicked out of the face-off circle more than any other player in the league. He's not doing anything different, at least from what I can tell. I don't understand why he's been kicked out so many times, but they clearly don't like the way he lines up. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. And but no, it shouldn't we, be a weird thing, though. You Think know what the worst that. part is? You know what the worst part is? This is one of the most publicly talked about things in all of the NHL Animal on change. any podcast, any radio show, any panel. Yeah, nothing's going to change because the man at the helm is he's basically got these bars that aren't going to turn the ship no matter what happens. And we've seen that. So we're. We're just yelling at nothing at this point. We are old men yelling at clouds because Gary Bettman will not change a thing. Yeah, and it's just frustrating, and it's disappointing because this is clearly a sport that and a thing that we enjoy quite a bit, and it's it's starting to sour it, and they're going to lose fans because of it. Um, when, when you go into a game and you don't know... if it, Like, the two teams could play some of the best hockey in the world, and one call that's wrong changes the whole game. We saw that, that happen with the that's Arizona gonna, and Toronto game, actually. Yeah, that's going to happen sometimes. That that game, for though, for example, nobody got called on a penalty. There is, I have never in my life seen a hockey game where there are zero penalties. No, the, the, they exist. Yeah, quite frequently, and a lot don't get called because that's part of the game. But to not call any, like stuff like that, should be reviewable. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. And as you said, it's. It makes the diehards like us not want to watch. And when we're not watching, we're not pulling in casuals to watch as well. So that's... Yeah, like... the Or listen. 
the game where Colorado lost in overtime because of a uh, too many men on the ice penalty when there was four players. Oh, I remember that one for Nashville and three for Colorado. I no, you got you. <laughs> it wasn't no, that. Yeah, you got you got called too many men because the ref jumped back on the ice. Yeah, and the linesman thought that it was an Avs player. It, they there was it was literally another ref. That caused too many men. Well, so it was inconclusive whether it was that or there's a uh, a referee that I follow. I think it's might be Tim Peel, the one that was let go oh, for yeah. game management. I know, but people asked him, and he was like, "It seems like it might have been because of this obscure rule sort of thing with it." But here's the thing: going back to what I was saying about um, I can't even remember now that you know it's just a weird thing it shouldn't be a weird thing it shouldn't seem like there shouldn't be confusion as to why it happened because the refs should be able to be asked why did you make that call and they should have to respond but they don't so we get to sit here and speculate as to why and there's never any resolution. We don't, we're not able to move on from losses and things like that because of these terrible decisions that have zero ramifications minus, ah, maybe you don't play the next game. Do better. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, hopefully, we've, we've hopefully about the something happens. I mean, who knows? Uh, something could change. You, doubt it. you never know. Um, we are a little tight for time. There is one thing I want to bring up quick. I forgot this when we were doing the going over the trades. So last, sorry, four weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, because we missed a, an episode, yes. we did our trade bait list. There was 12 trades. Um, we actually tied on correct and incorrect. We both had eight right, four wrong. I get the bonus point to win because I am the only person who guessed where a player was going to go. Because I had Giordano going to the Leafs. Ah, well, that, there you that's go. the tiebreaker. So, yay me, I guess. Yeah. But hey, that's impressive. That of the twelve, we got eight right, four wrong each. We had two that were the same. Uh, we both uh, guessed that, um, or the wrongs Hurdle. for were both uh, Chikrin and Kessel. We both thought that they were they going go. to move. They yeah. obviously stayed. Um, you had Giordano staying, and you had DeBrus going. Um, I had John Klinberg moving and I also had JT Miller moving. So, yeah. Well, and with the Chikrin thing, I strongly believe that if, if he wasn't injured, he would have been moved at the deadline. But, you know, unfortunately, this is the game uh, and he'll be moved in the offseason because I can't imagine him wanting to uh, stay in Arizona and playing at a college. Like, you never know at this point, though. It, like, stranger things have happened. Maybe he decides, hey. Why not? I'm going to make the money here anyway, so who knows? It's yeah. You just never know sometimes. I'll also throw uh, this I, one tiny little piece of pessimism in on this one, too. Uh, it shouldn't. It, it's kind of sad that we were able to guess that many correctly, because that just shows how predictable <laughs> this league is. So <laughs> That is true. And, I, I mean, I still can't believe I guessed Giordano to Toronto, right? So there's that. True. The Ice Prep Podcast presents Games of the Week. It's nice when we can actually look back at the ones from last week. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and we forgot to do something again this time that we meant to do, which was, was make it so that we couldn't see what the other person was going to say. We'll have uh, to do that yeah. in the future. Yeah. Um, 
So I'll jump back to um, last week. Uh, Pat decided to take Vegas, and boy, they've been good. We haven't talked about that at all so far. Um, Taking on the Wild, that one was um, trade deadline night. Yeah. And somehow, yeah, it was. And somehow, the Wild's newest acquisition, Marc-Andre Fleury, was able to be at least on the bench for that game to watch as his former team, his former former team, the Vegas Golden Knights, lost 3-0. And as much as I hate the Wild, it it was kind of one of those, like, it's satisfying for him. I like Fleury, so it's nice to see that vindication of him sitting there watching his team get dummied. I liked that. Um, can I just say, we didn't mention this one before, Fleury's Chicago leather-looking pads with the wild gear they look looks so good that yeah. is unfair how good that looks i'm excited like, he to doesn't see have to change a is. thing yeah yeah um so there was that uh i had tuesday night the oilers taking on the stars talk about a uh, big playoff implication game the oilers had the lead in that game mm-hmm. they ended up losing 5-3 calgary had the same thing they had the lead against san jose that night both lost so bo- both alberta teams with the l that night Calgary doesn't matter as much, but I think we both had two pretty good games. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would have expected the Wild because of a flower on the bench, though? Yeah, no, that that was really sort of the selling point of it. Uh, otherwise, I did try and watch a few minutes of it, and just, uh, just I can't stomach watching the Wild. I know, you can't watch the Wild. I can't. I just get mad. And, like, when it's two teams I do not care about, that's the worst hockey to watch. <laughs> Like so, you were like, I'm going to suggest this one to everybody. Yeah, hopefully you guys like one of those teams because I sure don't. But it was like even still to see a shutout and everything like that. That's always a nice game, uh, and it wasn't like a one nothing shutout, which sometimes can be good games, but also can be horrendous. So yeah, with with the former Oilers goalie getting the shutout just to make it even more fun. Yep. Just, don't we love chaos here, Pat? It's wonderful. Uh, so this week, um, we've. Between the <laughs> the two of us, uh, we've stuck fully with the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, teams that are all locked and potential first-round matchups. Yeah, I'm excited for mine. I'm, like, I'm going to carve out time to watch this one. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, we'll start with mine just because chronologically it will happen first. Um, that is Sunday night at 7 o'clock. The Leafs will be coming off of a... Um, back-to-back on this one because they play Saturday night as well. Um, And that's against Montreal, which early on in the season, you'd be like, eh, now you're like, oh. So... Who starts? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, who who starts on that one? Is it uh, Shalgren or is it Morazic or do we see the double dip? Because, I mean... Montreal can score again, so after the Leafs just played the Devils, do you want to test Morazic? That's a tough position for the Leafs to be That's in. That's a coin flip. That should, yeah, because um, I don't know if you know this, the Panthers score a lot against yeah. everyone. They're the team so, with the most goals in the league. So that that should be an interesting game Whoa. if the Leafs if the Leafs play against Florida like they did against New Jersey they are going to get absolutely crushed. Yeah, and I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about a while ago with the playoff games. These are going to be, both of the ones that we chose are playoff-style games, and this should feel like one. If it doesn't, 
there's one team I'm willing to put my money on that doesn't show up and play like a playoff game, and that would be the Leafs because they are known for not showing up. You know, yell at me all you want, but it's true. That's that's their style. Anyways. There's indisputable facts from like a decade. At least. Um, with mine, I have gone to Tuesday at 7 o'clock, so thankfully I'm not choosing a late game like I always tend to. And I am going with the rematch from this week. One week apart. So they're still going to be hot of Carolina versus Tampa. So they're going to be in Tampa this time in comparison to uh, when they're in Carolina. So it's different barn, but you know that that in Tampa, they're going to, the fans are going to be angry. There's going to be heat. It is going to be a battle and i am very excited for it there's literally a battle for alberta this week and we chose two other games instead yeah it's crazy and and this going into this my brain is like please be um like early 2000s mid 2010s battle of the hudson river style thing Mm -hmm. when if the rangers and devils were playing you had to watch because it was going to be nasty and that's what i'm hoping from this game because both teams Kind of sneaky, dirty, Tampa especially. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm, I'm really hoping this is one of those games where um, Rod Brindamore on the bench, his face goes redder than the jerseys. Yeah, like it's, it's such a good matchup. These teams are also so good. Like the two of them. Like obviously Tampa is the defending champs. You know they've got the title belt, and you've got. Uh, Carolina, who have just been, you know, they're the, uh, oh, what is it? What did, uh, what's-his-face always win? Ray Mysterio Jr. Oh, oh, the, um, the lightweight? No, yes, no. Um, it was Ray like the International Mysterio. or something like that. The Intercontinental? Intercontinental! So they are the Intercontinental champs. You've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are the, you know, the current reigning champs. They're going head-to-head. I don't know. I'm really excited for this one. Um, it should be a playoff matchup um, one way or another. Either it's first round or second round. One way or another, they need to play each other in the playoffs, and I'm so excited for this one. Yeah, and what else is fun? I was mentioning Brindamore. Um, the coach for the the Bolts has actually been kicked out of a game this year in John mm-hmm. Cooper, so it, it's not like the, the benches don't get heated anyway. So I personally think that your game will be more fun in that regard but watch it be the most boring game that ever happens <laughs> it's gonna it's be like the most reft game in the world there's 42 penalties and they're all just hooking and tripping and that's it <laughs> they, they they cut the the camera to the penalty box and both teams there's more players there than there are on their bench yeah uh, that, that that would be what it would the, be actually if i was going to predict anything that's what it would be the refs doing the things wrong again yeah, that this is what's fun though is you look you look forward from now until the end of April, almost every single night there is a game that you can look at that is like oh there's playoff implications. There, unless you've obviously got games where it's like involving Montreal or New Jersey or um, Arizona or Seattle, but if they're playing a team that's going trying to go in. There's a lot of things that can happen because there's still a lot of jockeying. So mm-hmm. don't count out some of those bottom tier teams if your team's playing them because that's when you get into trouble. Absolutely. That's that's what the Leafs are unfortunately known for this season of not they're playing down instead of 
playing consistent. So, yeah, the next couple weeks is going to be really, really, really good hockey. Leading into the playoffs, and I think that's a good spot to call it for this week. Bit of a shorter episode, um, but <laughs> what a what a crazy week. Um, and what's what's really fun is that there's probably still going to be trades. And the best part is Vegas can trade as many players as they want. They could bring in a goalie. They can't play any of those players that they bring in in the playoffs. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Vegas do trades to basically bring in like a ringer to get them to the playoffs. Because that's all they need. Because once you get to the playoffs, cap doesn't matter. Well, and not to mention, I'm just sitting there, and I, you know that the GM's going to be sitting watching every single game on, like, it's going to look like the Batman screens everywhere, just waiting to see if somebody gets hurt. Just, <laughs> where's where's my next target? Where am I going to scoop this up? So he's just going to have nothing but the Minnesota Wild on all of his screens, because they, <laughs> are, are, they are going playing? to hurt everyone. <laughs> uh I don't know how to, to follow that one up, so I'm just going to say follow us on social media, Ice Prep Podcast. Um, thank you for listening wherever you are. I know a lot of you are listening through Apple Podcasts uh, as well on Spotify, so thank you very much. Uh, we also have a shortened version of this show that airs on News Talk 1290 CJBK every single Saturday night from 6 to 6.30 before what's typically a Leafs game. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Anything you want to add, Pat, before um, we hand or before we call this episode? Uh, you know, just the usual. You know, uh, I'm not even gonna mince words. Don't be a dick. Life's tough right now. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I've run into a whole bunch of that lately, and it's just like I didn't do anything. Why are you mad at me? And just be, just know that everybody has other things going on in their in their life right now. Like. Whether it's a sick family member, you know, a lot of struggles with, with money or with anything at all. Everybody has something. So just take a minute, breathe, and just try and put yourself in their shoes. Life sucks right now. It's getting better. But just take a breath. Think about your close friends. Think about everything. Think about people around you. Be nice. Don't be a dick. <laughs>